28. My ongoing war with the thermostat continues. I'm, that's why I wear a long sleeve shirt or a pullover every day. Would you please have the rim shot ready? I will do that, sir. From uh, offsite correspondent Downing. This just in NPR has asked the DNR to rename Lake Wobegon. <laughs> See? <laughs> A different kind of. I got you. Speaking see. of that, speaking of that, hmm. I have a serious question. <clears throat> we learned today that Gary says he'll have a pacemaker implant. Mm-hmm. Well, best of luck to him on right. that. Good health. Uh, he said he plans to go to the Mayo Clinic next week for a pacemaker implant. He's a seventy-five. He told the Minneapolis Star Tribune he was having heart problems. And has scheduled an appointment at the clinic. Keeler called the matter routine but still serious and added, I'm fine. Minnesota Public Radio ended its business relationship with Keeler last week. Over the allegations of workplace misconduct, Keeler has said he put his hand on a woman's bare back as he tried to console her. That would not be enough to have him excised from the history of NPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 01, Keeler underwent surgery to repair a heart valve at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, okay, here's my question. What's your question, then? Does he call people to tell them uh, updates about his health? In other words... You mean randomly calling someone at the Star Tribune? I'm being very serious. How was this known? NPR, uh, if they ever, certainly is no longer issuing press releases on his behalf. True. Right? They've cut the right. ties. Yeah, so does he, uh, there's one of two possibilities, and I'm being very serious, uh, because both papers have been this guy's lapdog for 40 years. Agreed. Yes, they, they just, have. no matter what, they right. just bend over backwards to accommodate him. Okay, so only one of two possibilities exists here. Either he calls the Star Tribune and has a guy mm-hmm. or a gal and said, yeah, this is Gary uh, giving you a little update. Uh, my PSA and my prostate t- uh, test came back pretty good. And then they'll rush to print with that. Or or somebody at either paper has the daily assignment of calling of him. checking in with him. Because somebody explained to me how this would be known. And again, Godspeed to him. Right. I, I don't want to. Uh, I hope it goes well. That's saying, not, I'm, like, not, I'm not discussing the right. procedure. I'm saying, how? if you'll recall last week, it was Keeler who essentially revealed the news that he had been fired. Mm-hmm. How, how, how it, and then he penned the letter to the start. The St. Paul paper has been particularly obsequious when it comes to Keeler, uh, but Keeler, given his uh, sporting nature, uh, he seems to be now favoring the Minneapolis paper. Ah, yes. Good with, old Minneapolis. With huh? releases, and uh, you know, Minneapolis got his comments on the firing, and it was Minneapolis that was told about the... Uh, the pacemaker implant that he has coming up. So you're wondering if it's kind of like Shooter, where you call Shooter and say, "Hey, uh, Shooter is Charlie Walters." Yeah, uh, and say, Let's not my, get too inside." Here. My kid's going to be uh, attending uh, University of Saint Thomas, and then he puts that in the paper. Right, right, exactly. Is, is that I wonder if that's what Garrison does? If he calls the Star Tribune and says, "And I'm getting my anybody, pacemaker." Uh, anybody want an update on my health? <laughs> well, what? I'm serious. Well, how I, I, else I, does I, this get in the paper? Because oh, somebody explain wait, this wait, to me. Wait, Maybe the chief is, offsite no. correspondent, given his years of toil 
in the newspaper business. Maybe he can explain it to me. But it's one of two possibilities. Either the papers have a daily uh, task of assigning someone to call Keeler to see how he's doing, or Keeler calls the newspaper with health updates. Uh, it has to be because health, you can't disclose that to anybody. So your your health, it would for me, it would point out that uh, Mr. Keeler is the one that's saying, I'm going to have this done. He must email them and say, what does he say? In case you're interested, I'm, uh, Cause there's data I'm having laws. a transplant next week. Yeah, there's privacy laws where you can't just volunteer that information. I mean, a third party cannot. Well, you can. This, this, this doesn't appear to involve. Where's moron number two? I think he's got a sick kid. Well, what the hell? There's no sick kids in garage logic. There's no, let's, let's, you let's don't miss work, work for here. a sick kid in let's garage logic. Let's go here, huh? What the hell is that? Give me a good reason to take a Bring day off. Bring the kid to here no, and leave him in the car. You don't want a kid with the 100 Not, No, leave camera. him in the car. It's warm Not enough. hot out. I'm kidding. Um, Hi, Joe. Euphorians. He jokes. Euphorians. Oh, Liberal Lakes, people. Yep. Settle down. Settle down now. Yeah, Settle down now. Uh, he said it down there. He said it down it there. It is 2.30 hot in here. That's what I learned this week. It is 2.30 hot. Are you sleep deprived? No. You know what 2.30 hot is? I don't. 2.30 hot is you're sitting on that front porch in Alabama uh-huh. with the sun hitting you at about 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. That is hot. That sounds it good. It is 2.30 hot I in like here. that. That sounds I good. I just learned that this week from someone. 646-8255-877-615-1500. We usually get all of our questions answered uh, in Garage Logic. I'm, I'm sensing a sleepy audience. No, it's, a, it's, it's balmy today. It's not cold. It's not, we, really, it's not really balmy. 27, 28 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, am, I really seriously am curious. Uh, either Keeler calls the paper to say I got a bit of a cold this week, uh, or, or the papers call him on a daily basis to say, anything new in your health, uh, in your life? Man, maybe that is anything, the case. Anything we should be printing? Well, it's one of the two. It's him or them mm-hmm. calling each other. Well, good luck to you, Gary, on the heart uh, procedure. I'm sure it will go well. He had a nice uh, outcome in 01 when he went to the Mayo, and they took care yeah, of Yeah, good. We want everybody to right. be well. Uh, the Wild tonight are at uh, the Duck, uh, barring L.A. continuing to burn down more than it has. Let me tip my cat to the my cat. I don't have a cat. I don't even like cats. Let me tip my cap to the Daily Mail. Okay. Uh, the pictures they have of news events make up for their bread and butter, which is the pandering to B-list uh, reality TV stars who they film in their bikinis on a beach. Right. Or they take pictures of. Right. And that's that's their bread and butter. But... The pictures they have today, the pictures and video of the fires in L.A., more than make up for the pandering nature of their of their template. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Their, Other tabloid. Their, their resources must be extraordinary. Their their outreach to people all over the world must be extraordinary. I think it's a I think it's a dreadful for the most part compilation of B list celebrities. And their latest surgery—that's basically what it what it is. But when they produce a big spread of pictures, 
whether it's colorizing uh, World War II images of Pearl Harbor or whether it's uh, 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 damage wrought by a hurricane or, in this case, uh, the uh, fires in L.A., no one can top them. No one. And then it's they extraordinary. Also, yeah, I, 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 I urge everybody, if you're interested in the fires in L.A., which I am because I know that area. You should, everybody should be interested. And, and my word, they just... It's just so extensive and such great quality photography and video. I don't know how they do it. So there's my tip of the cap. Well, tip of the cap. But then they will chase, again, you know, celebrities across the beach. Well, that's what they do. You know what? That must pay. That must pay for their ability to do to do the good the well, good work of the of the photography. That must pay the bills. And keep up that the keeps good the work. lights on. Yeah. Because everyone's going to turn there to see uh, the latest breast implant on some bozo. Or a wag. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, boy, there was the story of a wag today in the mail. I did not, I did not see it. Who killed herself. Oh, no. Young lady. Whoops. 22, 23. Got her whole life ahead of her. Okay. But she had a bowel disorder. Uh, I'm not being, uh, there's, no okay. humor, there's no humor in right, this. Right, right. There's no humor in this. She was the wag of a soccer goaltender. And she killed herself because she thought the she thought that the bowel disorder was embarrassing. Uh, what is happening to people? How, how weak are people becoming? You can deal honey, with the honey, bowel honey, disorder. Honey, you could have lived to be ninety with that disorder. Yes. Uh, th- this is un- You don't have to be per- the pressure to be perfect is uh, unbelievable. And this- there was no <clears throat> there was no evidence that her her guy uh, heaped that. Uh, embarrassment on her. She apparently came to this of her own volition and decided that life wasn't worth living because she had this embarrassing bowel problem. For God's sakes. Uh, what is ha- People are, are just getting Listen. weaker and weaker and weaker. And and meaner. Uh, well, she wasn't mean. No, no, no. But I'm just going to cite an example. Today in my home, uh, my oldest daughter and my wife were there. They were watching. The, the View was on in the background. You shouldn't watch that kind of show. Uh, they they have it on. I wasn't really paying attention. And they were discussing John McCain's, Senator McCain's daughter is now a panel member on The View. All right. And she is a, a Republican. Yeah. But she's also, she's not a big gal, but she's big-er. Is she, is she a, uh, the lesbian daughter of McCain? No. Okay. No, this is a, this is a different one. I think this one just got married. All but right. Her biggest criticism by viewers, is that she's fat, is that she's big. Well, I just, just along the lines of people have to just relax. Well, and it's yet another it. reason to stay off the, uh, the social media. The chief offsite correspondent just texted me and said, I understand you asked something of me. And he's now listening, so I'll repeat it. He is the uh, CEO of BBOnward.com, as bulletin board lives in the uh, online world. But he spent years and years in the newspaper business. My question was, we learned today uh, that Garrison Keeler has told the Star Tribune uh, that he's having a uh, heart implant procedure next week at the uh, Mayo Clinic. And not facetiously, I'm wondering... One of two things has to happen. Either the paper has somebody who calls Keeler every day to say, how are you? Or Keeler calls the paper to say, 
Uh, in case you're interested, hotline's ringing. <laughs> I'm having a, a procedure next week, so I was thinking that maybe the chief offsite correspondent had some insight to that. Uh, I, I have, and I'm being deadly serious. I, when he got fired, it was Keeler who had to tell us, right, <laughs> right. And and in terms of the heart procedure, as I mentioned, NPR uh, would no longer be issuing press releases on his behalf. They've They've not only uh, blown up the bridge, they've burned the waterfront. Right. There's there's nothing left there. So that was my question. How does this happen? How does it happen that in this case, the Star Tribune got wind of the fact that he's having a heart uh, procedure? Tom? Yeah. Hi. Hey, I was just, I was just wondering, maybe uh, he's posting that stuff on Facebook or something like that, and they're monitoring his Facebook page. Maybe that's it. Thank you. Well, even that is bizarre, though. If hey, I had been, did, you check your uh, did you check Garrison's page today? If I had been more technologically savvy, I I would have thought of that. I bet that's I bet that's exactly what it is. That he has Facebook followers, and I suppose he keeps them up to date. And then the somebody at the paper gets on his book face page and uh, said, "Geez, we better call him. He's having a heart deal." Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. Ryan. Hey, Joe. Hi. I just I just had a thought that uh, at the Star Tribune, they have a uh, red phone, much akin to the phone, uh, like, at Commissioner Gordon's office, which they call the Wobegon phone. It could be the Wobegon hotline. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you. Uh, I'm completely remiss. Just a minute. I have to cough. Okay. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, this is a social media deal. And because I don't believe in it, it's not that I don't believe in it. Uh, it's just I don't partake in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, so I'm not as up to speed in realizing that uh, social media now fills in a lot of the communication blanks. It really does. So here I was giving you antiquated thinking. Either Keeler must call the paper or the paper must call Keeler. No, no. Either Keeler, uh, you know, he's on Snapchat or whatever the hell these things are called. Right. And, and that gets picked up and then the paper learns about it. If I was a little, if I was a little younger, maybe I'd be all over that book face, <laughs> Facebook, whatever. Yeah. yeah, you got it, Tom. Good afternoon. Hi, you're on could the air. Be, could also be that Keeler's got a old-fashioned publicist that that keep yourself in the public image somewhere. Could be. That's what people. All right. That's thank you. Uh, That's even older thinking okay, than I have. Okay, but then, then he's, it got, would be... he's got a press. He's got a person. Right to saying, oh, he's got, got a PR hey, person. Calls the Star Tribune. We got this going on here this week with the Mr. Keeler. Uh, Bill Stein writes. We were uh, we heard uh, Paul Filer's bosun's whistle yesterday that Paul had with him at Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and I was suggesting that maybe it had been bequeathed to Bill Stein. And he writes, indeed, Paul Filer's bosun's whistle was bequeathed to me by Paul's beloved wife, Vel. I will treasure it forever. Paul won your St. Patrick's Day Danny Boy contest. Paul owned Danny Boy. No one sang it better. Good luck, Bill E. Stein. Hmm. Well, of course he won the contest. I remember, I, I, remember it, uh, I remember it very well. I think it was the same year that you released It's Hard Out There for an Irish It was a while pimp. ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just around the corner here, too, isn't it? Mark? No, it's not around the corner, Matt. Good. You've got Good. a lot of things you got to get to. Gotcha. Before you, uh, you get to uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Christmas is 
Two weeks, from, two weeks from Monday or three um, weeks from Monday? Monday's the 11th. One. Two weeks from Monday. Two weeks. Two weeks already. This is this is crazy. It's crazy. Christmas Eve is a Sunday. I don't like that. Which means that my birthday's on a Saturday this year. I don't care about your birthday. 23rd. I can't wait to see what you come through with this. No, year you're too. you're worse than Bert Blylevin. I really can't wait to see what you come through. Who has worn that out to the point of uh, go away, Bert? It's just not funny. I usually only do my half birthday and maybe quarter birthdays. Yeah, you got to be what sixty? <laughs> Forty nine. Last night I was waiting for the news to come on. Yeah, and I had ABC on. Yep, and there was a baking show. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I watched that. <laughs> just just a minute, get out of my head. Okay. And the CP came by and said, what are you watching? And I said, I don't know, but I'm sure Rookie's watching it. <laughs> that is the great American uh, bake-off. There was a priest uh, in, yep. the, in the field uh, a priest. Who, who was booted off the island last night. And I'm basing this on watching the final uh, 90 seconds of it while I'm waiting for the news. Well, you got to watch the whole you got to watch the I'm whole not going shebang. to. I never will. Uh, Boy, it really makes some good stuff. I'm sure they do. I'm I'm happy for you. you uh, When's the last time you baked some cookies here? It's been a while. Is John Height ready? (laughs) Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is John ready? Is he ready? Nah. You ready? Nah. Nah. Rhymes with brah. No hatred. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's kind of nice. Huh? It's, you know, it's not that bad, is it? <laughs> Here is John. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 28 degrees. This update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Vikings will be missing a couple of players with injuries against Carolina on Sunday. Tackle Mike Grammers ruled out again. This will be the fifth straight game he's missed. He has a lower back injury. Backup tight end David Morgan has been ruled out. He suffered a concussion last week. Wild back in action tonight after a couple days off. They do stay out on the West Coast. They're playing Anaheim. And in that big nationally broadcast basketball game, high school game last night for Minnesota, defending Class 2A Boys State Basketball Champion Minnehaha Academy beat defending Class 4A champ Apple Valley. 82 to 79. Sophomore point guard Jalen Sugg scored 19 points and had 14 rebounds for Minnehaha Academy. Apple Valley led by senior Trey Jones, who had nearly a triple double 39 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. The game was broadcast live on ESPNU. It's nice that they had a close game then. 82 79. Yeah, I forgot that it was on. <clears throat> you were watching the baking show and the priest get knocked off. <laughs> no, the last 90 seconds. Oh. And I said, I don't know what this is, but I know rookies watching. <laughs> <laughs> News notes from today. Former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty says he's considering running for Senator Al Franken's U.S. Senate seat next year. Go, Tim. The Republican governor and one-time presidential candidate insisted today he's still politically retired, but Pawlenty apparently would be a prized recruit for 2018 for Republicans, hoping to capitalize on Franken's resignation amid a cloud of sexual misconduct allegations. Plenty became the last Republican to win a statewide election in Minnesota when he won his second term in 2006. He did think about running for the Senate before he decided to run for the governor. He says uh, Franken's resignation has forced him and others to think about how to improve the state and the nation. He spoke after addressing a local Chamber of Commerce event. Franken announced yesterday he'll be resigning in the coming weeks. You'd think there's any chance that he would be appointed prior to uh, running? No. 
Palanti? Yeah. Are you nuts? Yeah, I am. Dayton's not going to appoint a Republican. I'm never getting out of here. No, you're not. I'm nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. You're never getting out of here. Wildfires continuing to ravage Southern California for a fifth day today with growing blazes and new fires sending flames through communities and injuring several people. The largest of those fires spread across more than 200 square miles by this morning and crept toward the college town of Santa Barbara, while a new fire in San Diego County grew quickly and dangerously, forcing a new round of evacuations there. The dangers came as firefighters confronted a half dozen blazes across the region. Fires that are putting communities into harm's way, burning through streets and roaring over mountains, forcing many to flee their homes and leaving them with no idea when they can come back to their homes. Hundreds of buildings have been destroyed. Thousands more remain in danger, according to officials. The San Diego County blaze, dubbed the Lilac Fire, started yesterday morning. It grew to more than 4,000 acres by last night. Ron Lane, the county's deputy chief administrative officer, said it had never experienced December winds like these before. The lilac blaze destroyed at least 20 buildings immediately, and three people suffered burns. Another person was injured by smoke inhalation. Two firefighters combating the blaze were injured. Authorities ordered a wave of evacuation, said more could follow. Among the extraordinary photographs and video on the Daily Mail are is video of the planes landing at LAX, uh, and the smoke is right there. It's just wow. incredible. Murder-suicide is suspected in the deaths of a recently divorced couple in Fergus Falls, according to authorities. 41-year-old Sarah Cheshire and 41-year-old Ryan Cheshire found dead of gunshot wounds in Ryan's apartment late Wednesday. The two who had lived separately since a recent divorce were prominent attorneys in the area. Police said it appears that Ryan Cheshire fatally shot his ex-wife and then himself. Sarah Cheshire was an attorney with the Fergus Falls law firm of Karkala Hunt and Cheshire. According to KFGO Radio, Ryan Cheshire was an assistant Otter Tail County attorney and the son of Bob Cheshire. He was a deputy U.S. Marshal from Bismarck, North Dakota. He was killed in a February 1983 shootout with tax protester Gordon Call near Medina, North Dakota. Sarah Cheshire was the daughter of an attorney from Botno, North Dakota and the sister of a Botno County judge. President Donald Trump urging Alabama voters to support Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore, saying on Twitter today, the last thing his agenda needs is a liberal Democrat, and then tweeting, vote Roy Moore. He was tweeting in advance of a Friday night rally in Pensacola, Florida. White House has said this Florida rally is a campaign event for Trump, although it's very near the Alabama border. Meanwhile, Beverly Young Nelson, one of several women accusing Moore of sexual misconduct, told ABC's Good Morning America today that she did amend notes to what she says is Moore's inscription in her high school yearbook. Nelson came forward in an appearance alongside her attorney last month, Gloria Elred, saying Moore assaulted her when she was a teenager and he was 30. Nelson alleged that Moore had attempted to force her to perform a sex act on him when she was in high school, offered what she said was a note Moore left in her yearbook by way of proof. She now says she did add to an inscription that Moore put in the yearbook. We now know the story behind that school shooting yesterday in New Mexico. A 21-year-old gunman disguised himself as a student to get into the high school in New Mexico where he killed two students. He had caught the intention of U.S. investigators more than a year ago, according to authorities. William Atchison is the man, a former student at small-town Aztec High School. He had legally purchased a handgun at a local store a month ago and planned the attack, according to authorities. He left a message on a thumb drive found on his body that detailed his plan to wait until the students got off buses and made their way into class. He walked into the school with them and went into a second-floor bathroom to, in their words, gear up. Atchison's plan was to shoot up a classroom and then kill himself. 
More lives could have been lost had Francisco Fernandez not walked into the bathroom, according to authorities. That's when the gunman shot Fernandez and killed him. Atchison then walked out into the hallway and counted the second victim, Casey Marquez, and he killed her. Gunman then walked up and down the hall, firing randomly, luckily not hitting anyone else, before killing himself, according to authorities. Authorities said the shooter did not have a criminal record. He did uh, leave a note saying, work sucks, school sucks, life sucks. I just want out of this expletive. Weird story from Great Britain. This is one of your tabloid stories, Joe. Mm-hmm. You're talking about it. A British woman plans to marry a chandelier. Ah, really? That really? she, that she bought a fancy online. one? She admits she's hooked on kisses and cuddles with the antique chandelier. Boy, that's interesting. 33-year-old <laughs> Amanda Liberty says she's not phased by the whopping 57-year age gap between her and the tarnished light fitting, who she has dubbed Lumiere. Well, she's nuts. Why does a paper print this crap? Well, it was one of the tabloids. No, as, I know. As I said. Lumiere, get it bills, light. I Lumiere. I got, it, I'll say it. I got it. I got uh, it. She named it, actually, if you've seen Beauty and the Beast, oh, of yeah. course. Lumiere is very uh, charming. Is the candlestick who comes very along. Charming. This is, uh, well, this is no different than the gal out in California who married the train station. There's a yeah. lot of objectification going on. Yes, that's true. And a woman can't get harassed by a chandelier. That's true. She yeah. did spend $500 on it, though. So. Well, what are you going to do? You want to get a good one. <laughs> you want to make sure it works. I uh, had this story yesterday, uh, probably would have been more fitting on December 7th, but a team manning a deep-sea research vessel says it's found and captured the first underwater images of a sunken U.S. Navy ship credited with firing America's opening shots of World War II. The Ward? Uh-huh. Hmm. USS Ward was located in the waters near uh, Ponson Island in the Philippines. An expedition crew led by Microsoft co-founder and philanthropist Paul Allen a Robert Kraft, director of the sub-sea operations for the research vessel Petrel, said this is going to be the first time the ward has been seen in 73 years since she was sank. We got some wreckage just coming into view. Images coming from the drone showed the ship's remains heavily overtaken by marine life, giving the scraps varying shades of bluish-green color. The ship will be left alone, untouched, at its current location. Admiral Scott Swift, commander of the U.S. Pacific Fleet, was quoted in a press release as saying, The USS Ward found herself in the crucible of American history at the intersection of a peacetime Navy and war footing. She took decisive, effective, and unflinching action despite the uncertain waters. Now, 76 years on, her example informs our naval posture. Does it say how deep it was found? It doesn't. No, it does not. (laughs) <laughs> On December 7th, 1941, the Wix-class destroyer sank a Japanese midget submarine in Pearl Harbor around an hour before the attack began. The crew of the ward was alerted of the vessel's presence by the cargo ship USS Antares, which said it had a suspicious object following it into the harbor. Again, that was about one hour before the actual attack on Pearl Harbor happened. All right, thank you. I you believe bet. Dave Dahl is next. Yes. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Dave Dahl's forecasting Garage Logic on a Friday afternoon brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company with locations in Fred, Friendly Fridley, Bloomington, and of course, Duluth. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 28 degrees. We have some light snow breaking out across the northern half of the state, but it's dropping southward. Should arrive here sometime between about 4 and 5 p.m., so not good for the evening rush hour could slow things down a lot even though it's not going to be a lot of snow it's just bad timing 
about one inch accumulating here in the Twin Cities, two to three inches just to our east in west central Wisconsin. That's where the heaviest should fall. Tonight's low, not bad, down to about 18 above zero. Northwest winds will start to pick up, though, again, after this little clipper moves through 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tomorrow, a colder day, high of only 22 with northwest winds at 5 to 15. Sunday looks like the um, really mild day, up to 32. There will be some light snow that develops late um, Sunday or Sunday evening. And we could get a couple of inches of snow by Monday morning, and that could mean a, a very slow morning commute on Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, it does drop again. We're talking a high of around 20 by Tuesday. Today, though, Joe, uh, probably hit a high close to 30. Right now, we're at 28. All right, thank you. Uh, President Trump has scheduled a physical health exam for early next year at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, and will share the results with the public. The White House said Thursday, a day after Trump's slurred speech, sparked concern about his health. Hmm. Trump slurred his words during a speech Wednesday about Israel, inspiring speculation that he may have had a dental or health problem. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said Thursday that Trump simply was suffering from a dry throat. Nothing more than that. I didn't know this. I thought Reagan was older. At age 70, Trump was the oldest president elected to his first term. During his nearly one year as president, Trump, now 71, has not publicly released any medical records. Uh, and, of course, uh, from the darker side of the of the media, the Alex Jones world, this is evidence that Trump's having his water poisoned and, and what have right, you. Right. Uh, I haven't heard it, but apparently you can play it for us. Yep. God bless the United States. Thank Say you, what? Why is the president slurring his words? It's the mystery sending social media into a tailspin. Is he having a stroke? Does Trump wear dentures? Let us rethink old assumptions and open our hearts and minds. Trump got a bad case of mush mouth as he's making that historic and announcement Wednesday, recognizing region, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Finally, I asked the leaders of the region, political and religious. So what gives? Who is this moron? Stop it. Who is this idiot that's talking so loudly I can't hear the president? Uh, it is, uh, it's anchored, but I'm not sure what outfit it is. That's, that's got dentures written all over it, in my estimation. Well, they, they, they keep going, and then... All right, keep going. Hosts of the anti-Trump Morning Joe TV show suggested he was having a medical emergency. This is not the person that we knew even three years ago. Others are speculating that he wears dentures and they were coming loose. When you look, there's more down here. And he uses his lips to hold up. So what do the experts say? New York City dentist, Dr. Nancy Rosen. I really think that he is wearing a denture and that denture is either ill-fitting or it's slipping out of his mouth, and that is what is causing the slurred speech. Look at the president's teeth through the years. They've gone from slightly Jesus. crooked when he was a young tycoon to perfectly this. straight and blindingly white. According to one report, his real like teeth are covered edition. with porcelain veneers to create that perfect smile. If they're glued on properly, um, they should really be staying in place, but most of the time, people do not have slurred speech from veneers. The White House says the slurring was due to nothing more than a case of dry mouth. The president's throat was dry, nothing more than that. As you'd expect, the late night shows. Yeah, all, I'm sure they all had a riot with it, huh? How about, how about uh, this, though? The United States. <laughs> 
That's my smile. I might have to. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to shave that. God bless you. Not that does sound like dentures, though. Doesn't yeah. it? Uh, or, I mean, maybe when you, even when you have dry mouth, you don't slur. You know, he's not, a, hel- he's not a healthy eater. No, he likes he's your a fast food guy. He likes, yeah. He's that's... a fast food guy. He could have the finest food in the world. He could have the finest chefs in the world. And I was reading that uh, on the campaign, he uh, he just pounded the McDonald's food. Uh, well, to each his own. That really uh, is neither here nor there. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt uh, to the president that he had a little uh, denture problem there. I believe we have uh, yet another Super Bowl yes, story we do. coming From up. From Patrick. 1500 ESPN presents... 52 super stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Royce. Number seven on the list of the grade eight Super Bowls was also number 25 overall. New York Giants 20, Buffalo Bills 19 on January 27th, 1991 in Tampa. This came a week after the start of the Gulf War. The country was in a patriotic frenzy and Whitney Houston's pregame rendition of the Star Spangled Banner still lives in infamy. This game always has a strong place in my memory for two reasons. One, I was in Buffalo and watched the Bills demolish Oakland 51-3 in the AFC title game. And honest to goodness, uh, with superstars like Bruce Smith and Corny Bennett on defense and Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Reed and James Lofton on offense, I thought that was the best NFL team I had ever seen. Number two, Vincent Gallo made a tremendous movie surrounding that game, Buffalo 66, in which a former kicker turned local villain named Scott Wood owns a gentleman's club in Buffalo, and Gallo sees his life having been ruined by a bet he made on the Bills to win that game. Bill Parcells and the Giants had won a Super Bowl 39-20 four years earlier, and the Giants had lost Sims to a broken foot in the 14th game, and Jeff Hostetler had taken over as quarterback. Bill Belichick was the Giants' defensive coordinator and plotted a strategy to take away the quick routes from Kelly. Ron Earhart and Tom Coughlin plotted the same style of ball control offense the Giants had used against the Bears and the 49ers. Giants set a Super Bowl best by holding the ball for 40 minutes, 33 seconds. They had a touchdown drive in the third quarter that took 9 minutes and 29 seconds with Otis Anderson, the game's MVP, scoring on a one-yard run. Touchdown, Anderson! is one of the great drives in Super Bowl history. The Giants then had a field goal drive that ended at the Bills 3, and that one took 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Barr's field goal made it 20-19. The Bills started at their 10 with 2.16 left, made it to the Giants 29, and then Scott Norwood missed the 47-yard field goal to the right in the final second. Now Norwood tries to kick his longest ever on grass. photographers and people all over the field, but the clock still has four seconds on. <laughs> it was the first of four straight Super Bowl losses for the Bills, but it sure made for a great movie. 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com. I don't think we have time to play that now, do we? Uh, we do not. We don't. Well, there was a great compilation of uh, 
George W.'s miscues, and apparently there's now uh, one that's been hastily assembled about President Trump's. And uh, I'm sure they've been done for Obama and Clinton and Reagan. And uh, this one's pretty good. It does capture his uh, his mushmouth uh, problem. Yes. Which I says, uh, God bless the United States. I'm going to have to isolate that one, though. I, you, you know. But maybe he's got the bad dentures, you know. They're slipping. What are they doing? Slipping. <laughs> oh. Oh, Scramble Friday today, by the way. Yeah. You excited about that? Not necessarily. Kind of like it's starting to get festivity, you know? Now you're two weeks away from Santa coming down there. Hey, hey, look out there, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Is that I'm you, Santa Claus? Well, you got to get the... Um, I'll bring you in... Uh, James Brown. Santa Claus go to the ghetto. Oh, and then uh, Satchmo. Is that you, Santa yeah, Claus? That's that another stuff. good one. Yeah, you can get him. You can get him. Santa Claus comes straight to the ghetto. One well, of my stay favorite. Tuned. We'll James play Brown this. Uh, we'll play this compilation. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's twenty-eight degrees. More Garage Logic coming up in a bit.